Thank you, gentlemen. We praise God for your ministry this morning. Good morning, Trinity. Good to see you. When I got up this morning, I thought, who is going to come to church this morning? I could hardly find my car. It was so dark out there, and I was already wet. By the time I went from the house to the car, it wasn't in the garage. I thought this is going to this is going to be a, a loser Sunday, but I've been amazed. All kinds of people have been out this morning in the services, and I'm grateful for you, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. This is the final sermon in our Get Real series. We talked about to get real before God. It takes revival and renewal. It takes education, and it takes evangelism. And it takes people who are accountable to worship you show up when it's time to be spiritually formed, you're here. And today we're talking about the L in real, which is living in the new covenant. Man, I tell you when, you, when you read the gravity of the scripture that was read today, Jesus said in all of eternity, as people are judged for who they are, there's going to be a dividing line. The sheep and the goats. I bet you Jesus didn't win a, an award from the friendly circle on this sermon who wants to be called a goat for that matter who wants to be called sheep but that's where we are that's the dividing line in all of eternity now goats that's interesting right kind of head their way through life any goats here every church has some goats Every pastor wants to deal with a few goats, and every, every, all the goats want to headbutt the pastor, too. You know, that's life. And, and let's cut out pastors and prisoners. Let's go to work on Monday morning, Monday through Friday, right? Huh? I'll tell you. And Jesus brings it all down to one divide. And here's what it is. The way we treat people. Jesus says the difference between being a sheep and the difference between being a goat is you get judged, and I get judged too, all of us, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm imagining being Christ as the teacher today. You get judged by how you treat people. Jesus said if they're hungry, if they're naked and need clothing, how you treat them is how you treated me. They said, what are you talking about? When did we ever not treat you well? And Jesus said, we're not talking about me. We're talking about the way you treat one another counts as the way you would treat me. Uh-oh. I thought when I read this letter, or this, this passage, I, I have some letters i got to write to people in Millville. Because at Millville High School, I didn't always take time to treat them like I'd treat Jesus, or else I would have roughed Jesus up sometimes and got suspended for it, right? I mean, but that's, that's the thing that ought to break in on our lives. <laughs> that the way we treat one another is what we count for in all of eternity. And Jesus said it's going to be such a divide. He is so serious about this. 
Now time out because I'm going to do a, a rabbit trail. Parenthetical, okay? I know what I'm doing on the rabbit trail. It's on purpose. You see, here's the picture a lot of people have of God. God is never going to judge anybody for doing any wrong because after all, who's really to say who's right? Who's really to say who's wrong? And God loves everybody. And it's absolutely true. God does love everybody this morning. But everybody this morning in the world doesn't know God. They're not Christians. They don't live in the covenant of God. They've never repented of their sins and believed Jesus Christ. Say, I know there are all kinds of preachers with all kinds of uh, opinions out there, but here's one I want you to take to the bank. God loves you with an everlasting love, and He wants you to be His. But in order for us to be His, we have to ask. We have to invite Him. We have to repent of our sins and open our hearts to Jesus Christ. And you know what Christ says happens to, to the goats who refuse to make Jesus Christ Lord and who refuse to share the love of God with others? It says they go to everlasting damnation. Woo! And I'm telling you, Jesus didn't win the good housekeeping seal of approval for preaching that day. He did not. Nobody wants to talk about damnation. Nobody. But Jesus is saying, and he had them all riled up. I want you to know. I mean, there was a reason why they sought to kill him after he preached. More often than any other time, they wanted to kill Jesus after he preached. Are you aware of that? You look in the New Testament. That's when they want to kill him. He made them mad because of something he said in the sermon. Now listen, I'm going to try to cut that stuff out of my sermon. I don't, I don't want you to, you know what I'm saying here. I need to live. Uh, have mercy upon me. Uh, now he got them all riled up. He said, you can't just treat people any way you treat people and think that that doesn't count. That's the way you're treating me. Church is all about the opening of the sermon. And do you know when the sermon opens from your life? When you go home from church. The minute you hit the door. I really liked it over in Turnersville. There was a, a neat witness because in the church parking lot, they had a sign on your way out of the church parking lot that says, you are now entering the mission field. That's pretty cool, you know. You're leaving church, and everybody's they drive their car out of the church parking lot. You are now leaving, and you're, 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 you're on the mission field because that's where our mission in life is. And so Jesus was telling them that's what he wanted them to know. And you know why he had to tell the story for the context? And I'm not, I'm not cursing this morning. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to show exactly how Jesus was teaching. Those damned Samaritans. They had to live with those damned Samaritans. You know who the Samaritans were? They were the people that decided they were going to worship God any way they wanted, and the Jews weren't going to tell them how to worship God. You see, there was a commandment that you had to make Jerusalem the center of your worship. But those damned Samaritans, 
They said, we're going to worship him how we want, and don't you tell us a thing, you see. And so the Jews thought they were damned. It was real. But because they were damned, and so Jesus does a parable called the good what? Yeah. How can there be good about someone who is damned? Huh? Do you know the story Jesus tells is we have to worry about bringing damnation on ourselves by treating people with hatred. Now, as if he's not going to make it from bad uh, to worse, Jesus ends up saying, everyone who doesn't receive this word is going to be cursed and you're going to be part of the wrong group. You know, the Bible says that we are the sheep of, uh, of his, we're the people of his pasture. We are. We're the people of his pasture and we are the sheep of his hand. We're not meant to be goats. We're not meant to be the head butters that, that treat people terribly. Now, don't, don't you get all mixed up this morning in your faith life, in your head. I'm not saying if you treat people nice that that's what the difference between heaven and being separated from God will be. I'm saying Jesus was trying to teach us that he wants us to reflect who he is to a dying world that is damned, a world that's lost, a world that doesn't know him. How will the world, how will our neighbors, how will anybody come to know God unless through our lives they can taste and see that the Lord is good. See, you're a city set on a hillside. You have a candle to burn. And it's good that you burn it in a land of darkness rather than a land flooded with lights. Well, I sing just like the Bible school kids. Chris, you could play it on the guitar. This little light of mine. I want the man band to do that song for us sometime. I'll get everybody up and singing in the aisle, okay? Let's do it some Sunday. This little light of mine, I'm going to what? Let it shine. But what shines through us? You know, it's like that, that uh, guy that had a bumper sticker on his car, honk if you love Jesus, and they honked, and he yelled out a cuss word out of the window and said, what the H are you honking about? Can't you see that light's red? <laughs> What's shining now? <laughs> but do you know what Jesus did? He didn't just finish talking about people that could be damned by losing their soul because they treat other people like hell. I'm not cursing. I'm using the actual language. He said that it's possible that we be people of the new covenant that live. And you know what he did? He laid down his life so we all could get there because he knew we weren't getting there there was like this big chasm between the people who were God's people and the people that couldn't be God's people because we couldn't get over ourselves 
You see, the Scripture says that all of us have sinned. All of us. It says there's not a single person, and the wisest person in Scripture said this, Solomon, there's not a single person who only does good and goes without sinning. But guess what Jesus did? With the rest of the sermon, he went to the cross to die so that we could be forgiven for our sins. And he rose from the dead so he would be a living God that could empower us by his spirit. Hey, we're starting tomorrow night a thing called Empower. Now, kind of under the radar, uh, Scott and I have, have changed it because when we got here, we saw that the mission for Trinity was encounter, engage, and empower. But I don't, I, we didn't know how we engaged. We encountered, we didn't know how we empowered. But now we have a program, you see. When you come to worship, our hope and prayer is that you encounter the living Christ. Worship is how we encounter. And engage is how we study in the week and we pray and we break into small groups and we learn. We're disciples who are learning about God and we engage in the learning. But now, every other month, see, we used to have administrative council and what we did in administrative council was we received reports. But where did the people get together so that you all could have a voice in what you wanted your church to be like? Where do the people have time to collaborate and strategize on the things that are on our hearts that we want to do for Jesus Christ? So Rick and Nancy Stetson are going to be leading us every other month. We have the Ad Council meeting, and that's to receive the reports. But the next meeting, the next month, is when we collaborate together on what we want to do and who we want to be as a church. That meeting is going to be called Empower. Because, you see, we're going to be empowering anybody who wants to come. And it's open for anybody who wants to come. If you want to serve the Lord at this church and be a part of it, you come. You say, wait a minute, don't you have to be a member? No, you don't have to be a member. You come. We have a job for everybody who wants a job. You need to be empowered to be the people of the Lord. And so now, here's what you can say. Not only do we have a mission statement that says encounter, engage, and empower, here's the three ways you do it. You go to worship. You go to study in small groups, and you pray, and you interact with one another to engage. And then you strategize and you lay a plan for your church to be the people of God and empower. Get it? Shake your head if you get it. Because we want you to know how to get it. But do you know what Jesus said? It's still not enough. You can't get there on your own. So he laid down his life so you and I could get a life. Here's how you live in the new covenant this morning. There are three ways. They could be long ways and we can make it long, but I'm just going to tell you three very succinct ways. Number one, God's mercies are new every morning. Every day. Listen, some of you blew it yesterday. I'm guessing. If you're normal people, I'm guessing some of us blew it yesterday, right? I mean, the ramp crew can be serving the Lord, miss the nail and hit their finger with a hammer and then guess what blessing doesn't come out 
it's possible to miss it even on a ramp crew working for Jesus. Yeah, I've heard ministers and missionaries miss it lots of times. It's possible that it's been a tough week. Here's the good news. God's mercy is brand new for each and every one of you today. You got up on a rainy day. Oh, it was dark as sin itself when I got up this morning. But guess what? It was worth getting up because today, everybody that came to church has a promise from this book. This book says God's mercy is new every morning. And it's yours by grace through faith. You can receive forgiveness today because the mercy of God is brand new for you. That's point one. Live in that. Live in the mercy of God. And then let mercy come through you to someone else. Point two, His loving kindness. Aren't those two cool words put together? Love and kindness. Loving kindness. His loving kindness. Anybody know the rest of the phrase is what? Yeah, who, who said that? Raise your hand out there. Oh, Mrs. Smith. I'm glad, honey, you know the answer to that. I'm proud of you. His loving kindness is better than life. You know, you, you, you hear that. Uh, you know, Jerry Maguire's girlfriend said that to him in the movie. By the way, this morning Scott quoted a movie. It was from 2002 and Jeremy said, oh, that's old. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. He had, oh, never mind. It. He, he, uh, I'll tell you, I had to take some, some of those anti-acid tablets after you said, I mean, I'm a fossil compared to that. But no, no, our youth minister, if it's older than 2002, it's an antique. You see what I'm saying? Jerry Maguire, the movie. Older than 2002, Jeremy. Older than 2002. His girlfriend says, you know, that uh, I loved him more than life. And when Tom Cruise in Top Gun was there and he had the wreck, they said, you were larger than life. What happened to you? I want to tell you something larger than life is God's loving kindness. He's bigger and better than your worst day. Do you believe that the badness in you is bigger and better than the goodness in God? How many believe that? Raise your hand. If you believe the badness in you is bigger and worse than the goodness in God. No. Jesus said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Jesus Christ's loving kindness is better than life. And it's yours today by grace through faith. We receive it freely. It is free. You can't buy it. Point three of living in the new covenant. His mercies are new every day. His loving kindness is better than life. And here's the third one. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. You see, that means there's enough in Jesus to get it done in you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe there's enough in Christ for you? 
See, we might be able to believe it for John the Baptist. We might be able to believe it for the Apostle Paul. But for this life, you see, our trouble isn't with the damned Samaritans. Our trouble is we believe the bad in us damns us, separates us from God so much that God can't even do anything with us. But guess what? My grace, he says, is sufficient for you. Everybody here today can receive the grace in the new covenant that makes you sufficient to be the light of the world. To be the salt of the earth. To be a witness for Jesus when you get squeezed. Why? Because if you're tuned into the God you came to worship this morning, He gives you a loving kindness that is better than life. Let it sweeten up your soul right now on a rainy day. And you know how He does it? Through mercy that's brand new for you. That's life in the new covenant. That's how we get real. That's how the world gets blessed through you. That's how life gets changed so it can be all that God wants it to be. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray as our guys come to lead us in our last song. Lord, thank you for not judging us in our wickedness, our sinfulness, our stumbling and fumbling. Instead, you give us new mercy every day. Thank you. Thank you. We receive your mercy today as a gift of your love. Your loving kindness is better than life, Lord. Thank you for loving us today. And thank you that your grace is enough for us. It's more than enough for us. Every person all over the auditorium this morning should be opening ourselves to say, yes, Lord, I want to receive your grace today. Make us your gracious people. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.